Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Blog Talk Radio through Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Moore. Kingdom Authority. Power Kingdom Authority. Well, welcome to Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm definitely going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm telling you, God is a great God, and he's definitely worthy to be praised. I am so excited that you all are here with us on tonight. I see you coming in, and I thank God for each and every one of you for being faithful to this broadcast. We have an exciting story on tonight, and it's her story, and it's what God has allowed her to go through. And I am excited about this young lady who is coming on tonight. Let me tell you something. It is important for each and every one of us to understand who God is in our life, to understand that he is Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. He is everything that we need. He is El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough, and I'm excited about this. I I will let you know that God is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we see, and everything that we've needed, his hand has provided. His faithfulness is so great. And I appreciate God and his faith. I almost feel like appreciate God for his faithfulness to us when we are so undeserving, when I have been so undeserving. But yet God continues to love us. He continues to draw us. He continues to keep us. Isn't he a great keeper? He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. If you continue to meditate on him, if you continue to focus on him, if you continue to put him first and even at least acknowledge him, God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. I'm excited about God in my life. I want to, um, there's a couple things I want to do before we bring our my special guest on, on tonight, and I, I do want to talk about some things continuously about how we have to continuously take authority in our territory. There is something so powerful about when we operate in our giftings, what God has given us, what God has done for us, what he has told us to do while we're here on this earth. There's something powerful, and it transcends time, transcends understanding when we operate in the gifts that God has graced us with. You know it's by his grace and mercy that we have these things, right? It is not anything of our own, but it's because of who God is that he allows us to have um, these different gifts and these different um, functionings in the body of Christ. And it's for the kingdom. It is not for us. It is for the kingdom of God. 
And so please understand that this is all about taking authority in your territory, operating in authority in your territory that God has graced you with. It is his grace and mercy. (laughs) It's so wonderful. It's his grace and mercy, the reason why we um, have what we have. I honor God for being who he is in my life, and I hope you do too. I want you to know every time we get together, this is not about us, but this is so about God. It's so about who he is. It's so about what he does for us. It's so about how merciful he is. It's so about how great he is. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Woo, my goodness. Who wouldn't serve a God that constantly watches over us, keeps us in all our sinful, dirty, wretched ways? Lord, have mercy. Every time I think about some of the things I did in the past, and just some of them, I am I am in awe that God saved me, choose me, and send me. Whoa, my goodness, how wonderful he is. And so we're going to pray, and then we're going to go into today's um, wonderful guest. I am so glad God allowed our paths to cross. I'm grateful to God for that. Nothing's by coincidence. It's all ordained. And so let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our shield. Oh, my goodness. You have shielded us from so many different things, even death. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, O Lord, that it could have been us. We could have been homeless. We could have been out in the streets. We could have been addicted, still addicted. We could have been so many different things, Father, but you continue to keep us. So we love you for keeping us, God. Thank you for being the Holy One of Israel. Thank you for being the God that's more than enough. You are the banner. You smear the blood over us, and we're covered under your blood, the blood of Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you send the Holy Spirit to keep us, to guide us in all truth, God. Help us, oh God, to to walk in your love, to treat people with love. Oh, God, it's a daily struggle. Sometimes it's an hour, minute, second struggle. But, Lord, if you love us unconditionally and we know we have not been what you have called us to be in every situation, then, Lord, we can share love with someone else. So thank you, Father. It means that we are doormats. So, God, help us, oh, God, to be the best doormat ever. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Thank you for that revelation. Oh, God, we bless you. We praise you each and every day of our life. You are good, and your mercy endureth forever. You're a loving God. Hallelujah. I thank you for the lives of those who are struggling. God, I'm praying your spirit over them. Let them, let them know who they are. Send someone their way so they know who they are in Jesus. Father, show them you. Hallelujah. You know how to do it, and there there may not even be anyone around, but you know how to go in their dreams. Thank you, O oh God, for who you are. And I pray, Lord, for our, our guest on tonight, Father. I pray, God, the blood of Jesus over her life, family, and everything that she does. Oh, Father. Thank you for her life, and thank you for her boldness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, I'm just so honored. I'm just so honored on tonight 
to have the Lord Jesus as my Savior. As I sit and meditate more and more on his word, I am in awe of the fact that he is our God. He is the one that keeps us, and I'm excited about it. Listen, let me say this quote, and I want to introduce our guests on tonight. Thank you, Jesus. There are some things. We're talking about Christ, um, family, and faith, Christ, family, and faith. Here, I want to read this. Our family rules, um, and then you can put your name there. Here's some rules for the family. Pray often. Find your identity in Christ. Show the same grace to others that God has shown to you. Encourage and love others. Laugh and laugh hard. Be kind and listen. Always look for ways to serve each other. Be thankful and fill the house with worship. I want you to consider this scripture, James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. And we're going to face trials in families. So count it joyful and honor God when you face them. There's some things that are coming out of them. And so such as this woman, there's some things that came out and now she's triumphant. And I want to introduce you. There's um, the young lady that's coming. Her name is Corey Phillips, and she, she's young, 27, the mom of two little boys, Tylen, her oldest, who is nine, and her youngest, Bryson, who is 16 months. Her husband and her um, said, I do, March, in March, of this year after being together for 14 years. They're from Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, Jesus. But they moved to their home, forever home, in Newport Ritchie, August of 2015. She's the oldest of seven kids, four belonging to her father and three to her mother. Unfortunately, um, she doesn't have a relationship with her father. Her father and her don't have a relationship. And her mom passed away five years ago at the young age of 39. Um, and, and I'll let her talk about that a little bit. Um, for fun, though, she likes to enjoy doing arts and crafts. And she does, she does do-it-yourself projects. I don't know about y'all, but I love DIYs. DIYs are my thing. <laughs> she spends time with her husband and kids. And that's a beautiful thing, just laying around the house watching movies. I'm going to tell you that's what we do a lot here um, in my household. So I am so excited to have this young woman of God, Corey Phillips. Corey, you're there. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Just say something to our listening audience real quick, anything, just so you they know that you are also speaking to them and that you know that you're speaking to them. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm a little nervous right now, but, you know, I got to, I just got to remember that, you know, my story is there's so many similar to my story. I'm not the only person, you know, going through these things. And I just have to remember that at the end of the day, you know, we're all children of Christ, so. You know, we all go through our trials and tribulations, and you know, mm. sometimes we just we just gotta we just gotta speak our truth, and you know, we've got to be honest with ourselves first and, and foremost before we can be honest with the world. I love it. I love it. So let, I'm just gonna jump in here. Um, we connected through a network of women sharing their testimonies about being a wife, and mm. I I read a brief 
you know, I know I read a brief bio about you, but I want you to kind of talk about just a little bit about that post that you made, the reason why um, I um, was introduced to you in the first place, not through a person, but through Facebook and your post. Can you talk about that just a few minutes, and we're going to continue on. Um, yeah, so I just, um, I, you know, my best friend, she had uh, brought me to the um, Facebook page. Uh, me and her, we talk a lot about relationships, about being wives, about being fiancés, mothers. Um, and she felt like that would be, you know, a good outlet for me or a good way to, you know, converse with other women about their struggles or their triumphs. And um, I, there was a woman who had posted something, and I go, wow, this woman, she's so you know, she's so honest about her relationship. And I said, you know what, maybe it's time for me to tell my story because what did I have to lose? And so I had just kind of, you know, did a, did a short sum up of the last um, 14 years of my husband and I being together and the trials and the tribulations that we went through. And I didn't expect so much feedback. And that post had hundreds of likes and I had so many people in my inbox saying wow you know I've been going through the same thing and your story helped me so and then I crossed paths with you and that sums it up right there (laughs) I was just (laughs) floored by some of the stuff that you shared um on 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 that particular day and it's been some months ago hasn't it oh yeah it's been some time ago now Yes, but the Lord allowed us to come together. So I want to I want to talk first Christ. What are one or two scriptures that you live by? Um my first one is um going through a couple of things and I never knew that this scripture existed. This is the beautiful part about it. Um, when I was going through one of the worst points in my life, there was, it was like there was a voice and it kept telling me, be still, be still. And I never understood what that was. And I was talking to a family member and they go, you know, that's a scripture in the Bible. And I go, wow, really? And uh, it says, be still. And um, it's Psalms 4610. And it's be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted mm. in the earth. And it stunned me because I'm like, wow, I keep hearing this, be still, be still. And I never knew that it was a scripture in the Bible. So it means so much to me because my life is chaotic, as, as you know, to say the least, with husband and children and, you know, a lot of friends and family that rely on me for a lot of things. And, you know, it's like sometimes. I've just got to be still. I have to drown out the world, and I have to know that mm, the burdens yes. that I they're not my own. They're, you know, God is with me. Sometimes I feel so alone, you know, trying to take on everybody else's life and their problems and trying to help them through it. This is not just me. This is God. God gave me this opportunity to be able to give other, give others advice, help them through their trials, um, you know, and, and it's not just me alone. It's God behind me doing all of this. I love that. I love that. He's He's not only behind you. He's before you. He's to the left right. of you, the right of you. Wherever you went and wherever we go, people of God, God has already gone there and paved out the path. And I am so glad. It's just up to us to choose what path we're going to choose. 
What a mighty God we serve. I want to, you know, people really need to know your story. And so, and I thank you so much, Corey, for coming on and and being so transparent. Um, you don't know that you've touched my heart in a way that many don't get a chance to do. And so mm-hmm. I, based on not just your transparency, but your honesty. So I, I want to bring something up. Um, I want you to talk about, um, talk to us about living without a relationship with your father. So first of all, do you think this has impacted your journey in having a mate? Of course. Um, the relationship with my father and I have always been rocky since day one. Um, he's been in and out of my life. There was, you know, um, a lot of abuse that went on, and there's abuse that continues to go on. Um, and because of the abuse, uh, you know, the verbal, the physical, um, the mental, the emotional, it it was very hard, and it still is to this day, it's very hard to believe that my husband can love me and he can find me beautiful and he loves my flaws because the one person that is supposed to love you more than anything in this world and protect you was the one person who took that away from me. And it made me not be trusting of men. And I still find it hard that after 14 years that my husband is still an amazing man. And I just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, one day he's just going to leave me or, you know, one day he's just going to see me for who I really am and decide to leave. So the relationship that I have with my father, it has, it's not only impacted me with my husband, but it's impacted me as far as trying to create new friendships. And I'm not trusting of people because he, he took that part away from me. Wow. Wow. I I want you to know, and and, I'm I'm probably deviating a little bit that um, that's so powerful what you said because so many of us I think a lot has relationships in the breakup because we're waiting for that hammer to drop. Well, when's this going to happen? Right. When's that going to happen? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, and I can say that's for me. When when is he going to say, you know, he, he no longer loves me? And it normally it's not even right. about somebody else. It's about us, you right. know, and our flaws. But that's the love of Jesus. Once we take on the love of God, the love of that Jesus has for us, um, the love of that God has for us, that He gave His very best. If we understand that and take that on, then we learn to love and not only love others but love ourselves. And so that's powerful right. that you say that because it, it impacts us. Oh my goodness! And, and just to touch on this real quick, you know, because. Because I grew up in an abusive situation, um, it made me mad. It, it, I held a lot of animosity. And my husband and yeah. I, when we would get in disagreements, sometime on my end, it would turn physical. And I'm proud to say that that has not happened in so long because I have grown so much. And, you know, so that was another thing. The abuse with my father, I carried that on into my relationship. And I am proud to say that I have gotten so much better at that of controlling myself, controlling my anger, checking it when I feel like I'm going to get out of control. So that was another imprint that he left on me permanently. Let me tell you, that's so, once again, such a powerful statement because 
even so I want you to understand how the enemy works, people of God that are listening. The enemy is so powerful. We can never negate power of the enemy. But the thing about it, we can tell our enemy how powerful our God is. And we can tell mm-hmm. them how powerful we are because of the blood of Jesus, because Jesus said he ha- we have power. So, But I don't want you to negate the fact that the devil, Satan, does have power. And what he does is he looks at generational things, imposes them not only physically where you have contact with your parent or grandparent or uncle or whatever it may be that passes something down unto you, but let, let me tell you, he will take a flaw from generations past and you never had contact and then send that in the air, send you messages in the spirit realm. you got to understand how powerful he is. And then you then act out what your great-great-grandmother or grandfather did or your great-uncle. This is how powerful the enemy is. But we have to know how to pray over generational things. Because if you look at the Bible, there are several kings that did what their great-great-great-grandkings, grandfathers, grandkings did, sometimes not even knowing, but because that seed was there, it sprouted up. I'm reminded of certain trees. A seed can be planted, it be cut down, and not come up for months or even years. The same thing in people. So you have to know how powerful the enemy is and know what to pray for so that we don't have these things come up in our lives. And I'm, I'm saying that because you can have physical contact or no contact about it mentally, you know, and how it passed some things or genes pass along. Skip generation comes to the next generation. Twins normally. Skip generation comes to the next generation. The same thing in the spirit realm. We can never negate that. So you wondering why you do what you do? Check the background. But first, go to God and pray about that thing. There's nothing imp- there's nothing too hard for God. <laughs> I'm convinced. All right, so I'm sorry. I had to bring that up because you said something that triggered something in me. Okay. Um, and how do you think it impacts how you raise your children? Oh, wow. It has a big impact on how I raise my kids. I do everything trying not to be him. And it's funny um, that we're talking about this because my sister and I were talking a couple weeks ago. And uh, my kids were doing something in the kitchen. They're just being themselves, getting into stuff, you know, just being kids. And, you know, I started raising my voice at them. And, and I go, you know what, Sissy? I said, I sound just like Daddy. Like, no matter how much I try to stay, stray away from sounding like him. And she goes, oh, my God, you do. You sound like him. And I'm like, those are the things that I want to stray away from, that I try my hardest not to be like him. And sometimes I see him come out in me, and then sometimes I see my mom come out in me. And I try not to be as hard on my kids. I try to be a sensitive mom that listens. Sometimes it doesn't come out that way. Um, Sometimes it comes out of screaming and hollering, but, you know, that's what moms do with their kids. Um, I try to let them have their own identity because that was something – that we were never allowed to have. My dad was a man of keeping up with the Joneses. We had to have the best of everything, even if we had no money. Um, Appearances, the way we looked was very important because he had to put on a show to everybody as if his life was perfect. And he created identities with us that were not our own. 
And even my sister, who just recently broke away from him, she is still trying to create her own identity. And she's loving herself because she's able to be the woman that he never allowed her to be. Um, So just trying to let them have their own identity and let them be their own people and let them know, I'm not here to control you. I'm not your friend, but I am your parent. But when you need me, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to hate you. And you are your own person. Whoever you choose to be, I will love you to the end. That is so, that is so good. That is so good. So what, what, what could you say that will inspire others um, on their journey through life without a relationship with their father? Um, honestly, it, it's still a daily lesson for me. Um, my dad has been in and out of my life my whole life. Um, and we just recently spoke in March when I got married. And the words were of no positivity. It was, you know, why was I allowed to be there? You know, we had a we had a picture of my mom sitting in the front aisle because, you know, she's passed away. So that was her way of being right. there. And he was upset that his picture was not there. Um, and so it was real negativity. And, you know, he my, my stepmother, you know, he's he's done a lot of horrible things to her. And I tried to show him, you know. You've always tried to tell us, you know, do the best that you can by other people and try to be the best Christian that you can be and always be forgiving. Don't do unto others just because they do something to you. Don't be hateful because they're hateful to you. And when I tried to, you know, give him that information and remind him of that, um, our relationship went south and it is now what I consider to be um, um, permanently broken. And so I haven't had any, um, any, um, I haven't spoken to him since March. What I can say is is understand that a relationship with your father is very important. However, it no longer becomes important when it becomes toxic. If it messes with your mental stability, if it messes with you emotionally, physically, you you have to you have to break yourself away from that. But just know that you're gonna be okay. Just know that, you know, you have a big support and life is gonna be okay. Life is gonna continue. God is going to sit there and get you through every everything that you go through and just know that because you do not have a parent, that never means you're alone. You still have your own identity outside of your parents. So just do the best wow. you can. And if you don't have anybody to make proud, make yourself proud. Wow. That's good. That's good right there. Um, I, I, I'm, let me just stop and pray for um, broken relationships between parents and their children um, because it's not what God wants, but there are situations where it's needed. So let me just pray real quick. Um, or do you want to pray, Corey? Oh, you can go ahead. Okay. Well, Father, we just of all that you created um, parents um, and children, Lord. We thank you, oh, Father, that you have, you're the great father. <laughs> you're such a great dad. And so we thank you for mm-hmm. that, Lord. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray um, for those broken relationships, Father. I pray, Father, whatever is in a person that causes the breach, that you, Lord, will um, you will meet the need, meet the desires, um, superimpose yourself over the problem, 
Reveal the problem, first of all, to that person. Lord, I pray for a repenting heart, a changed heart, a changed ways in the name of Jesus for that person, Lord. And I pray for forgiveness. I pray for understanding. I pray for peace. I pray for hope. I pray for your glory to be over those lives, Father. And what we have to learn from them, Father, let you get all the glory, Father. I pray, Father, that someone will say, that person who has wronged the other will say, please forgive me and ask for forgiveness and mean it with a changed heart and that you will go in, heal hurt. Ah, yes, Jesus. Heal the hurt, Lord. Pour your your bomb, the bomb of Gilead, into their wounds, and Father, that they will be whole in the name of Jesus. God, we know you can do anything, and so I pray for those relationships. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, amen. um, listen, I I do want to say to we're going to do a um, we're going to do something on broken relationships between parents. Um, pretty soon, there are several people that came, and I just want to do a pause here. There were several people that came on when I asked what do they want to hear on these broadcasts, and they came on and told me um, through inboxes, though, that they want more um, in regards to broken relationships, and they've asked me to help mend <laughs> some of the relationships. And so, of course, I'm going to send them to professionals. But I also want to make sure that we bring in what God says about broken relationships and that we talk about these different things, okay? So those who are listening, look for that because it is coming. I I do want to shift a little bit and talk about more of the family for you, um, your immediate family, meaning your husband, your kids. What? So you were together with your husband for 14 years. What was the deciding factor for you and your husband? Yes, praise God, though. What was the deciding factor for you and your husband to marry after 14 years of being together? Um, I, I will say this. Uh, part of it was um, for, religious, uh, for religious purposes, and the other part of it was for legal purposes. Um, okay. As far as, the religion, as far as the religion aspect of it goes, I had uh, somebody bring to my attention. They said, you know what? You have two sons. And what are you teaching them about living together and not being married? And for and for so long, in my mind, it was okay. You know, it, especially the modern world that we live in, it was okay. I saw no harm in that. And then it was like, you know what? How can you teach them to follow Christ if you haven't set that example? And it was powerful. It was like, wow, okay. And it was like, you know what? We've been together. There's no reason why we should not take this step and get married and show our children that the importance of marriage and, you know, that you're not wow. supposed to, you're not supposed to, but you know, the world does it and that you're not supposed to have a live-in girlfriend and you're having kids with her and, right. and you know, things of that nature. And, you know, it's, but it was like, we had to set an example of for them to follow Christ and to let them know that as they get older, you know, you've got to make that commitment because that commitment is not just between husband and wife. That commitment is with God himself. And so if we right. set that example, how do we expect them to do that in their adult life? Oh, my goodness. 
That is, and that so is. <laughs> it, it, it was powerful, you know, when it was brought to me, it was so powerful. It was like, oh, my goodness, you're right. Like, we weren't thinking about the kids. We weren't thinking about what example were we setting for them. You know, we're just boyfriend and girlfriend, and we're living in the house, and we're playing house, and this is not the way that this should be. And then, you know, the legal aspects came in of, you know, this needs to be my husband. God forbid, you know, he passes away, and, you know, I have no rights. I have no say-sos. And, you know, I, I'm I'm more than happy to be his wife, and, and, I, and he's not a religious man at all. But through the process, you know, we were meeting with a um, – we were meeting with a pastor – of one of our local churches and you know we were doing scripture reading and you know things that we were going to say during the ceremony and a lot of things hit home with my husband you know about the importance of you know him being the strength in the marriage and you know um you know the respect that wife and husband have to show each other and that everything that happened in the past it is it is gone because now we're coming together as husband and wife and so wow. those things have actually helped my husband to be the husband that he is now and me to be a wife and no longer be, you know, just the, the mother of his kids. That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. So the 14 years um, together, um, talk about that journey just a little bit. Um. I'll, I'll try to give you the shortest version. <laughs> um, so when we first got together, you know, everything was rainbows and butterflies and beautiful as every relationship starts out. Um, I was uh, a little bit younger than him, and he was ready to be in a committed relationship, and I was too. However, again, going back to waiting for the other shoe to drop, yep. I never knew yep. what it was I never knew what it was like for a man to be completely loyal and to be be completely faithful. So the whole time I'm sitting here thinking this relationship's not going to go how I planned for it to go. We're young. This will probably be a boyfriend. This will probably be a fling. And it turned into so much much more of that. So um, a couple of years into the relationship, um, he was working all the time. I felt alone. And so um, other men were catching my attention. Um, And so there was a lot of infidelity in the relationship. Um, There was a, then, you know, I pushed them away. So then there became verbal abuse. There became emotional abuse between the both of us because we were just both so heartbroken. I was alone and he felt cheated, which, you know, he, he had every right to. And, um, then, you know, we got back together, we started thinking things work, and then I fell off the wagon again. And um, I, um, I, um, I was with an ex-boyfriend, and unfortunately, um, I was having a little bit of issues with uh, promiscuity. And my oldest son at the time, um, I had gotten pregnant, and um, I wasn't 100% sure who the father of my child was, I knew it was either between my husband or this, um, this boyfriend from the past. And, um, you know, I was so blessed. Thank God that my son actually does belong to my husband. I got very, very lucky and very blessed. Um, and just to right. kind of uh, fast forward a couple of years down the road, my, um, my mom passed away and, um, you know, I've got, I, you know, he, he loved me through a drug addiction. He loved me through the promiscuity. 
things were hard, things were tough, but he loved me through all of that. Then, you know, we, we moved to Florida um, and we broke up. We broke up for a short period of time. We broke up for two months. Um, within that two months, I was heavily addicted to drugs. Um, and no matter how much I pushed him away, he stayed. I would be horrible to him. I would be mean. I would use verbal abuse. And no matter what I did, I couldn't push him away. He still stayed there. And um, we started talking. Things started going back good. You know, we started, I, I still wasn't living in the house. I was living with my best friend. And we got to talking and, you know, and I realized something just came to me. It was like, this is not the life you want. You want a family. You want to be happy. And, you know, he told me, he said, I'll give you everything. If you just, if you just come back home, I'll give you anything you want. And, um, I prayed on it and prayed on it. And he, and we decided, you know, we were going to have another baby and, uh, came home. I, I moved back in with him and I started detoxing because I was so ashamed because my family never knew that I was addicted to drugs and they still don't know unless they're listening tonight. Um, Wow. So I detoxed with him, and despite, you know, our power was getting shut off, we didn't have any food, um, through all of that, he still, his main focus was still me. And it was like, I'm not going to put you in rehab because I know it's an embarrassment for you. I'm going to love you through this, and I'm going to get you through this. And he did. And within a year and a half later, I got pregnant and things have just been great for the last three and a half years. You know, I fully committed myself to him. Um, you know, there, you know, other men, you know, they try to come into the relationship and, you know, Hey girl, how you doing? You know, things of that nature, but I don't, I don't do it because this is my husband. And so I'm very proud to say that we are where we want to be today. Woo. I love it. I absolutely love it. So <laughs> happy for you. I'm serious. I love this. <laughs> so those who are out there, you can make it if you want to make it. You you just can. If because we never thought it, we would. We never we never thought we were gonna make it. I always thought, you know, we would split up because things were so bad. Things were so bad to the point, you know, sometimes they got physical and I, you know, they don't get like that anymore. And, you know, we get into little spit spat arguments, but you know what couple doesn't, but at the end of the day, it's like, we know what the main goal is here. And there were times I really did not think we were going to make it. I wanted to pack my bags and I wanted to run. And I never thought we would be at a point where we could learn to love each other, care for each other, respect each other. And I'm going to tell you right now, pride and ego, you got to let it go in a relationship. You have to let oh. it go. If you don't have respect for your partner, you won't make it. You will not make it because those are the, those are the three important things besides love, loyalty, and trust. Those are the three things you have to have to make your relationship work. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so with you on that. So. So let me just, so marriage is so critical for the family. Um, Family, as far as God is concerned, um, for a godly marriage, it is so critical to to the family. So what words of encouragement and inspiration would you say to those who are currently living together? And I know you just said, you know, 
um, definitely let go of pride and ego. So, I w- but I want you to speak to those who are currently living together, have not made the commitment to marry. Um, if you're living in a relationship, if you're if you're living together, then you've made the commitment of you're ready to merge your life. And I feel like this this may not apply to all people, but the majority of people it does apply to. You've made the commitment right. of being in a relationship. You've made the commitment of merging yourself together, merging your lives together. Um, some people are even merging their finances together. So you've got you guys have to show each other that the commitment is there. You can't just move in together because that's not a solid commitment. In order for the relationship to thrive, to be lifelong, you have to make that commitment to yourself, to your spouse, in front of your family, in front of Christ. If you cannot commit to each other and you continue living the way that you are, it's a lot out of that relationship. Because nobody has showed a sacred promise of tomorrow and the day after and the day after and every day that we're promised. It's just two people in a mutual agreement that we're going to live together, we're going to be together, and that's it. Um, Not everybody was meant to be with this person and be married. Um, Maybe some people are taking this as, as a trial and let's just see what happens, but you can't do that. You have to make the commitment to each other. Otherwise, everything's free. Everything's up for grabs. It's like, okay, well, I can get her to be my wife, and I don't even have to pay for it. You know, she's cooking. Don't do wifely things if you, you know what I'm saying, if the commitment's not there. You can't be doing wifely things and you're not married. That's just a personal belief of mine. Um, and like I said, that does not apply to everybody. But in the same right. thing with him, you can't be a man of, I'm going to be your husband and I'm going to do this and that, but the commitment is not there. My goodness. My goodness. I love it. I love it. So as you look at the choices we make in the world, you know, um, what are some key things women should or could do in showing respect to their husbands? That is I love answering that question. I love answering that question. Um, (laughs) I was the type of person that everything was my way or the highway. And my mom, she was a dominant woman, and she kind of taught me to be a a dominant woman as well. And I practiced that for years in my relationship. And then I realized, you know what, I hate to say this, my mama, she didn't technically die alone, but, you know, her husband had left her during her, her battle with cancer. And so when she died, she didn't have a husband there holding her hand. And that said, wow. that, that was like a light bulb. It was like, wow, like, Corey, like, if you keep being dominant and you keep pushing this man away, that's going to be you. And so I learned that my pride and my ego and having respect for my husband is the most important thing. So, and what I'm, what I mean by respect is, you guys are now two. You're one. You're two, but you're one. You merged into becoming one. You do not make decisions. I don't care if it's something at the grocery store. If it's you, every decision you speak with your spouse about, and you guys talk about it, and you come to agreement with it. 
when you do things, you always make sure that even if it's in the public, even if it's at home, that everything you do is respecting your husband. Me and my husband before, we would get into little spit fat arguments, and the arguments would last for hours because I had to get my word in. He had to get his word in. And before you know it, we don't even know what we're arguing about anymore. One thing I've learned is the key of silence. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to zip it. Because eventually yeah. what my husband does, and I know him so well, my husband, if I zip my mouth and I let him have his words and I let him have his little fit for a moment, within 10 minutes that man is coming to me and he's apologizing. I'm sorry for what I said. I shouldn't have done it. And we're not spending all day arguing. So sometimes you just got to learn that you can't be prideful. You, your partners, this is not – this, they're not the enemy, and if you keep treating them, you know, disrespect, and you don't, and you don't care about what they think, how they feel, you know, what their views are in life, what their beliefs are. We're all different. You can't expect your husband, your spouse, your partner to think like you, move like you, love like you. That's what wow, makes that's them good. different. You have that's to learn good, that. Sir. It's still a learning process for me because some days I go, oh, my God. But we work it out, and that's just – you just – you've got to have the respect, and you've got to let the pride and the ego go. Woo, that's good, sis. That is so true. I had to learn that. You just got to yep. let it go and respect respect the fact that he is not you, you are not him, but together yep. we can work this thing out. Oh, that's yep. so good. <laughs> and I don't have to have the last say. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's awesome. hard. Let's, it's let's, hard, but it's you got to do it. <laughs> that's right. It is hard. <laughs> um, let's shift a little bit to talk about to talk about who and what played a big part of your faith. So tell us about your relationship with your mother and um, where you are now since, you know, she's passed. And she passed at such a young age, I want you to know. Um, me and my mom, my mom was not always the greatest mom. She did what she could. Um, my mom had us at a very young age and knew that if she didn't take care of us, that my grandmother would. Um, I've forgiven her for that. Um, however, she did get pregnant um, with my little brother, who's now 10 years old. And that was the turning point for me and her. Um, and, you know, of course, she got pregnant with him, you know, further down the road as she got older. And that was the turning point for me and her. Um, me and my mom learned that our relationship was very important. She became the mom that I needed. Um, there, was, there were periods throughout my life, though, where, you know, she was very consistent in my life. You know, she had a big part of raising us, and then there was a lot of time, you know, my dad would have us or my aunt would have us or my grandma would have us, and she put us through a lot of things, but I don't regret those things because it made me the woman that I am today. Um, my relationship with my mom was so important. Um, of course, you know, she's the woman who gave me life, and I have so much respect for her. Um, throughout the process, um, she she got diagnosed in 2011 she got diagnosed October of 2011 now mind you she had just had a baby in September so she had a baby the month before she was diagnosed with cancer um throughout her battle 
um, she never could be the mom she wanted to be to this child because of the cancer, the radiation, the chemo. Um, and one thing I could say about my mom was she was alone. Her husband did leave her um, just because of the arguing and, you know, her, her dominance and, you know, him not taking care of his responsibilities, and they decided to call it quits. So throughout this process, you know, she's living with my my grandmother. She's sick all the time. She's got all these kids, and she kept her faith. And me, I was mad. I'm like, God, how dare you make her sick? And she just gave birth in September, and you and she's got cancer in October. How dare you do that to her? Now this baby will never know who she is. And she never felt that way. She never felt that way. She kept her faith, and she believed the whole time she was sick to the day she died that it was going to be okay. She wasn't mad. She wasn't bitter. That's, but, I, but I'll say I lost my faith after she passed away. Because my mom suffered for two months before she passed away. Um, And she was in the house with us. So every day I watched her suffer. I listened to her scream out in pain. Um, I can recall a night that she just told God, just go ahead and kill me. Because the pain was so bad. My mom was not a woman to complain of pain. Um, And... uh, she when she when she passed away i didn't talk to god i didn't talk to god for about 3 months i was mad i was angry i was bitter i was upset my heart was broken and the turning point for me was her youngest the one that you know she had given birth to when she got diagnosed um I had came downstairs because we lived upstairs for my at my grandma's house, and I came downstairs, and my little brother he was pitching a fit for my grandma, and she was just having her hands tied. She was cooking, and she was just overwhelmed. And you know, I came downstairs, and I walked through the back door. And when I walked through the back door, he spread his arms out and he said, "Sissy," and his heart just melted, and my melted, and it all made sense. It made sense at that point. I go, you know what? God gave her these children because we needed something to hold on to when she passed away. This was her gift and his wow. gift to us, wow. knowing that she was getting ready to depart this earth. Wow. And she was an amazing woman. She would give to anybody in the world. Um, she had no filter. So if you didn't want to hear the truth, don't go to her because she's going to tell you how it is. Um, <laughs> and, she was, and she was just a woman who would do anything for anybody. She always believed in paying it forward. If she had something and you needed it, she would provide it to you, no matter if it took away from her. And I had to remember that my mama fought every day to live her life. Now I've got to live mine. And everything that I do, I have to make her proud. Wow. Wow. That is a true testament of um, the ups and downs that we go through in our faith, you know, based on just what happens in life. And so in light of that, this is a, you know, question that just just popped into my head. Um, In light of that, 
what would you do different in the passing of your mother? Where you are in your oh, wow. now? Um, I wouldn't have been angry with God. Um, I would have, if anything, I would have worked on my faith more than anything because my faith is what I needed to get through her passing. And I still struggle. I struggle. Um, some days I talk about her and I'm fine. I'm surprised I haven't broke down crying yet. Um, and uh, last night I kind of got it out of my system. I had a breakdown last night. Um, wow. but I would just, I would keep my faith with God and just understand that this was his plan. And that just because she was my mom, that doesn't mean I was promised a lifetime with her. And in my head, that's, right. that's what it was. It was like, you know, she's 39. Why are you taking her? I was promised a lifetime with her. I was promised that she was going to be here up into a nursing home. Well, she'd never been in a nursing home, but you know what I mean. Till she, you know, was right. a senior mm-hmm. and, and her body just withered away. But you took her at 39, and but it's like you got to remember, Corey, that that was God's plan. God had that aligned a long time ago. And just because right. she was your mom, you weren't guaranteed to have a lifetime with her. And I would have been, I wish that in that time of, you know, her in and out, that it would have been a permanent situation of us being in instead of out. And I would have spent more time with her and loved her more. And, you know, just just everything you have when somebody passes, you wish you could have done this and you wish you could have done this. Everything that would have made me, I wish that I would have done those things. Wow. Lessons, lessons learned. Um, You're right. So how how does this impact how you operate in your marriage and in raising your children? Understanding that on my worst days with my kids, because I have a very active toddler um, <laughs> that can get on every nerve in my body. Um, just knowing that every day that they're here and I'm their mother is a blessing. And sometimes I may cry myself to sleep, but it's a blessing because they get to know their mother. And I try to be a good mother to them because I know that, I can't say that 1,000% that my mom was always a good mom. And I want them to know that if I pass away tomorrow, I did the best that I could. I love them 1,001%. Um, the the drawback in my relationship with my kids is because I know what death looks like, because I looked it in the face, and because I lost somebody who meant absolute world to me. I put them in a little bubble. I protect them so much that I I probably am smothering them poor children to death. Um, but because I know what death looks like and I now know that it can happen to me, I smother them because of my mom. Um, and as far as my marriage, I can't really say there's a positive aspect when my mom comes into play, but I always try to tell myself, when I'm doing something or when I, you know, I'm getting a little sideways at the mouth or something like that with my husband, I try to remind myself, don't be like your mother. Don't be like your mother. Be better than her. Be the complete opposite of her. So that's kind of how she, you know, and, and being there for my kids and letting them know that I'm always here and I love them more than life itself um, and knowing that I'm never going anywhere until God does take me away. 
those are the things that's how she's impacted my 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 mothering and and me being a wife extremely um impactful though um for a lot of different reasons <clears throat> mainly because it it seems like it's taught you to love your children differently and to respond a different way in your marriage and although none of us are perfect in how we do it it's what we take right. away from the things that happen and so right. i think there's a lot of there's a lot of from what i'm hearing there's a lot of growth in that so what are some things that you think young women can do as they grow into great women in the absence of a mother? Because a mother is really that person that trains you on what it is to be a woman and sometimes even a wife. My identity always lied within the people that I was surrounded by. When you lose those people, you start having to ask yourself, who am I? What do I want out of this life? How do I go through this life without my mom? Um, I don't have the best advice about living life without a mom because I'm still trying to get the hang of it. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, The only thing that I can say is just everything you do, make her proud. Make her proud, even if it's a mom that, you know, is not in your life but she is still living reach out to her, let her know you love her, no matter how much hurt she, and I know that kind of sounds hypocritical because, you know, I don't have that relationship with my father, but the the, the relationship was so toxic, but if you, if you have a mother, you know, and it's not really toxic, you know, I love you, and I know that you're not here for me, but I love you, and I love, because one day, you're going to want to pick up that phone, you're going to want to call her, and she's not there. And I still find myself picking up the phone, and I still call myself trying to trying to call my mom. And I'm like, you don't even have her number saved in your phone. What are you doing? You know you can't call her. And honestly, it's just getting through every day. Don't look at, well, how am I going to get through my wedding? How am I going to get through childbirth? How am I going to get through, you know, if something happens to one of my kids? You can't think long term. Literally, it's day by day. Because if you try to consume yourself with how am I going to get through this without her, she was supposed to be there, you will drive yourself insane. And you have to learn who you are without her because you don't have her to rely on anymore. You know, everybody calls their mom. They're like, Mom, I'm making this cake. It says I need two eggs. Do I need large eggs, medium? You don't, you don't have that anymore. So you have to figure out life without her. And just know, it's a challenge. There are going to be some days you don't think you can do it. But it's at those moments when you pull yourself together and you're like, I don't have a choice. I'm going to do this. And what would my mom say? Every time that I have that moment of weakness, I sit there and say, what would my mama say? She would tell me, Corey, get your butt up, get it together, suck it up, take it on full force. And if you can't, you either dwell about it or you take back your two choices. And you just got to tell yourself one day at a time. I know that sounds so cliche, but it is the truth. You have to take it one day at a time. Well, my God. And, Mom, if you're listening, thank you. I appreciate you. (laughs) I'm going to say it right now. (laughs) I appreciate you because I can pick up the phone and call you. (laughs) The older I get, the more I'm appreciative of her. Um, she may say some stuff, and I, I feel like I'm still five. You know, she may say some yeah. stuff, but one thing I told, I don't know, I told my brother, I think, who may be listening as well, I said, she's still here. So, hey, that, that's a blessing. 
you know. And so it is. Let her have her moment. Yes. Let let that woman have her moment because she earned it. She earned it by, you know, carrying you, birthing you, raising you. And it's like, you know what? Let that woman have her moment and just put the pride aside, put the ego aside and say, okay, mama, thank you. All right, because you know what? (laughs) Our moms are the most beautifulest creatures in this world. And now knowing as as a woman, as a wife and a mother, the sacrifices that my mom made, I'm like, oh, my God, woman, you are astounding because I struggle daily trying to be a mom and a wife. You are amazing. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I love this. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) That is so that is so wonderful right there. Um, I, I know we got to wrap up, and I, I want to ask one more question, and then you can have some final words, and then we'll close out. But what what are I want to shift back to you and your husband. Um, okay. What are five words that describe your love or your respect for your marriage, your husband? Oh man, um, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> Uh, I could go on and on about that one. Um, <laughs> just one word? Just one word? You want me to do just one word? No, five words. You can take five. Um, <laughs> amazing. Um, beautiful. Um, mm. I don't know how we would sum up learning. <laughs> um, I guess learning. Yeah. And... Um, Oh God, uh, just just unbelievable that you know somebody can love me despite everything I've done to hurt them. So I guess unbelievable. Wow! Oh my goodness. So the unbelievable part is the fact that his love. This man, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, no one's perfect, but just being able to love, because um, there's hurt that comes out of someone doing something to you. I mean, you know this very well. Right. Um, so there's there's hurt, and, and sometimes you begin to wonder, is this ever going to change? Is it what's going to happen, you know? And most people will leave. But the love he exemplified, and I know you said he's not, you know, um, did you say he's not a spiritual man or he's not a religious? Yeah, he's just, he, yeah, he's not really a man of faith at all. So the thing about it is I don't think he realizes how much faith he is demonstrating. And the exactly. faith, the level of faith that he has demonstrated in loving you is far more than what most Christians or proclaimed Christians demonstrate. And oh think my about God, it, and yes. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. The divorce rate. The divorce rate, we can't believe God to bring two Christians together, whether our faith is low or our faith is high. We have a measure of faith. But he demonstrated, yes, Lord, I see you, God. He demonstrated a love that far surpasses what most Christians, pastors, bishops, missionaries, evangelists, leaders in the church demonstrate. And so... I know what you're saying, but I say different about him on tonight. And I believe God in him. I do. I do. Because no, you cannot do that. Well, first of all, love is a choice. 
And yes. when you choose to love, you definitely demonstrate God because God yes. made a choice to continue to love us. Jesus made a choice to continue. He saw how they were treating him, yet he still went to the cross. Woo! I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I am so happy to know you, and I don't haven't talked to your husband, but to know your husband because that's powerful. And many men wow. can learn from him, many women. Many women and men will be able to learn from him. That's so powerful. Yeah. Um, because just to add to yeah. that, I, I, I love him. But I don't know if I could have done the same. I don't know if I could have stayed in the relationship and continued to love him, let alone like him. So that speaks volumes of his character because it's just not something that we're all built to 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 deal with and move past. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to continue to lift you guys up in prayer. Um because I think it's just powerful what 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 is going to transpire. And mark my word, um, by the word of God, Jesus, many things you will see as a result of the love that He has for Him and the love you have that that the love that He has for you and the love you have for Him. I'm, many things are going to transpire. So I want you to hit me up, and when it happens. <laughs> Because it's going to happen. Of course. It's going to happen. I got you on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What final words do you want to leave? Um, what final words do you want to leave to our listening audience? I'm excited about y'all's future. I am. Woo. Um, I will say this. Um, I struggle daily with um, emotions and sometimes a lot of negativity. And some days I am not the person you want to talk to because I, I I I haven't learned how to deal with, you know, balance and everything yet. I'm still learning how to balance being an, a mom to a toddler because I do this strictly by myself. I don't have family or friends down here to help me. So I, these kids being raised is strictly by myself and my husband. Um, so it's a lot to take on a lot of the time. So one thing I did just want to say is, is that um, – one thing you have to realize is that it's not a bad it's not a bad life it's just a bad day and god never really will give you anything that you cannot handle when i lost my mom i thought it was going to literally be the death of me i thought it was going to physically kill me and to see where i'm at 5 years later and i still smile and i laugh and i you know, I, I converse with so many people, and I do things that make me happy. I never thought I would be that person. So when they say that God will never give you more than you can handle, believe that. Don't just believe it in your mind. Believe it with your mind, your body, your soul, your emotion, everything. Trust that. And again, yeah. like I said, mm. it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. Say that, sis. You could have kept going because that was powerful. <laughs> <laughs> And that is something that I have to teach myself every single day. It's like, Corey, you know what? I know that it's hard. I know your kids are driving you crazy. I know your house is a disaster. I know that your husband is completely ignoring that the trash is flowing out onto the floor and your kids are just jumping on your bed and they're throwing stuff at the walls. And it's like, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world because there are parents out there wishing that their kids could walk, talk, on their own Woo! so we have to remind ourselves Woo! at the end of the day it is hard we don't feel like we can get through it but just know that there's somebody out there fighting a bigger battle that this right here this is easy 
Girl, you got to come back on the broadcast because I think you have a, a bigger word to say. I would so love to, like I, you know what, and I'm and I'm so glad that this happened because I prayed, my heart was about to beat out of my chest, my hands were sweating, I thought I was going to pass out, and I prayed, God, please let me get to this broadcast, just slow my heart beat down, and about within five minutes, my heart slowed down, and I'm just like, hey, we're just talking, this just me and her, we got That's this. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that. It's just that. <laughs> I am a, I am excited about. The, the path that you're about to tr- go on, I, I the both of you, I'm telling you, great things. And I, I do want you to pray, but I'm going to pray um, on, and close out tonight, so maybe next time you can pray. But I want to pray um, specifically for you and your family um, and what will transpire. Know this, though, I will tell you, with great things also come great trials and great attacks. There is never a time when God, when, let's just use Jesus, um, when Jesus performed great miracles, it was never in his hometown um, because of the great attacks against him. He wanted to. He wanted to. So don't expect even family members to understand the greatness that God has in store for you. Um, Wow. (laughs) Wow. That's powerful. Wow. Oh, my God. You know what? Actually, I will will close out prayer. Oh, well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I just get a little nervous praying because I get the rambling. Me and God, we get the talking. And before you know it, I'm 45 minutes (laughs) in. I'm like, all right, we got to close this up. (laughs) You know, I will keep it short. (laughs) Okay, go right ahead. God, I just want to ask that you touch all of those that may be going through more than they feel like they can handle. Um, you know, so many so many things are going on in the world these days that we just don't understand. And, you know, because of it, we're suffering so many losses. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there struggling with mental illness and taking their own lives. And, you know, there's just so many yes, things Lord. going on with, with, with marriages and divorcing and parenting that we don't understand and I just want to ask that you touch those people and you let them know that this is not their burden to carry that you were there that you were going to see them through this that this is this will not break them this will only this will only add to them and I ask that you know you just you just wrap us up in your love and 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 you just continue to to, to, you know, to, to just work through these and, you know, just keep blessing us and, and to help us to understand that, you know, that when the bad things do happen and, and let us see the beautifulness in it and let us be able to continue our lives and just continue to be great people and give to the world and don't let the negativity in the world, and whether it's with our children or in our marriages or at home or at school and all these school shootings and stuff like that, don't let it turn us bitter, Lord. Just keep working through us. Keep mm-hmm. letting us know that you are there, that you have not mm-hmm. left us. That you just, just let us know that you're still there, Lord, and, and, just, and just, keep, yes, Lord. just keep sending the angels and letting them work through the world and letting them work through individuals. And, and I pray that, you know, tonight 
that, you know, I, I, I touch somebody's life or, or, or I touch somebody's life in the future, Lord. And thank you for letting me cross paths with this wonderful woman. And like she said in the beginning, it's not by coincidence that we cross paths. And thank you for bringing me this opportunity. And I do greatly appreciate it. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, I, I'm Once again, I have to thank you for coming on this broadcast. And I do see um, things in the future for us, so just know I will be contacting you again. We'll talk, not just about the broadcast, but um, what God is going to be doing in your life. So look for great things from this woman, um, Corey Phillips. I don't want you to forget her. Go to my Facebook page, um, either Dancia Jones-Morris or my personal page, Dancia Morris, and you can definitely see pictures of her and see her story. I'm going to share a little bit of it and make sure you all hear this broadcast again and again and again. Um, I'm grateful to you, Corey. I'm grateful to God for you. I am so grateful that God snatched you back from the hands of literally death at times and saved your family. Hallelujah. And guess what? More is to come. More is to come. Once again, this is Dancia Jones-Morris, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris, and I am operating with authority in my territory, and I hope you are too. God bless you until next Sunday. My guest will be none other than my mother. They call her Mother Jones in the prayer community, and they call him Elder Delgy Jones Sr., that is, who will be on with me. We are talking about how we've been praying every Sunday for over five years together at 3 o'clock p.m. And I will tell you, we are going to help you establish family prayer time and what that looks like. Thank God for a mother. Thank you, Corey, again. I'm going to let my mama have her time no matter what. Thank (laughs) you. God bless you all and have a great night. Thank you.